This is Shooks and Gifts, Season 2, Episode 11. In this episode, we talk about updates from Google, a tool to create scavenger hunts or digital breakouts, communication and Netflix, building an app prototype, some geo tools, and can lit. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Hey, Kim. Hey, Jen. Did you watch the Masters yesterday? Did I ever. I watched it twice. Twice? Yeah. We watched it in real time because yeah. it was early. I loved that it was early. And then we watched the replay. I was so excited for Tiger. It was, I was emotional. Me too. I was excited for so much of it, right? Like his comeback and anyway. Um, do you golf? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. Well, if you ever do decide to go golfing, always make sure you take two pair of pants, okay? Okay. You know, because you might get a hole in one. <laughs> I did watch the Masters, but I hope I'm not ratting my brother out, but my, I don't think my parents listen to the podcast, so I think we're okay. We were at my grandmother's... It's always nice to support a parent. <laughs> Mine don't either. <laughs> we were at my grandmother's 100th birthday party right. on Sunday. Right! Happy birthday, it Bobby. Was, yeah, she was wonder, it was wonderful. So while my father, who I adore, was reading his speech, mm -hmm. my father is known for making quite long speeches. Oh, okay. And when he stood up, he had three pieces of paper oh, in dear. his hand. Yep. And I saw the font and the size. It was pretty small, so I was very concerned. But my brother had on his phone a streaming service, yeah. so he pretended to be filming my dad's speech. And he was watching and the Masters. And he was watching the Masters, and I stood beside my brother. So I was listening to my dad the whole time, but I was also watching the Masters. And I leaned over to Matthew, and I said, listen, it was on the 18th. If he gets this, so this was when he 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 was supposed to um, birdie, but yeah. he didn't. I said, if he gets this, do not make a sound. So That's he didn't get it, and then we both went. <laughs> I know. So do you want to hear another? I have another funny joke. This is a kid joke. Okay. So I was watching, and it was on one fifteenth, sixteenth hole, somewhere around there, and I missed one of the shots, and the kids were with me, and I said, was that for birdie? When Tiger sunk one of his shots. And Tanner turned around and looked at me and goes, no, that was for Tiger. <laughs> it was, he made a dad joke he, all on his own. He made a dad joke. Uh, it was so cute. Was it for pretty? No, Tiger. And I'm like, oh, wrong animal. Anyway, it was very cute. It was very cute because he obviously doesn't know. Yeah. Every year they know who wins the Masters. Yeah. My parents are huge golfers, huge golf fans. Anyway, I, are we going to talk? Is this a golf podcast now? Apparently it is. Okay. Well, let's get going. All right. Do you want to go first? Yes. I do. Considering I've seen your list and it's quite long. Well, some of it is is just in there in case we want to chat about it. Okay. But, so I want to talk about the Google Cloud Next 2019 oh, big the conference. announcements. Yeah, the developer conference that happened. Yeah. Uh, last week, thirty thousand people it in was attendance. Huge. Imagine like organizing that. Like, oh, that's more way yeah. more than ISTE. Yeah. That's like fifty percent ISTE. That's almost double ISTE in some years. That's a lot. That's people. a lot of people. Way to go, Google. So they talked about something called Currents. I saw this. Currents is looks like it's going to be replacing G+. Yeah, even in... So G+, is gone mm -hmm. from personal domains. Correct. It is still currently in education domains. Not sure about work. No, I, don't, I don't know about Google for work. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. But okay. it, we're in EDU domains at work. Not our <laughs> no. work, other work. Got it. Work domains. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't, so I don't know... If it, I think it's re, Currents is replacing G plus in EDU domains. 
Is oh, that is that I, what you garnered from? I it? read it that it was replacing G plus elsewhere. Oh, elsewhere, and perhaps in both. Like maybe it was, good, but basically G plus was going to go, and it was going to be replaced with Currents. So Currents is a G Suite app that enables people to have meaningful discussions and interactions across your organization, helping keep everyone in the know and giving leaders the opportunity to connect with their employees. Doesn't say anything about EDU only. Um, maybe because I thought it's replacing G plus and G plus is currently in EDU domains. Maybe only. that's why I thought it. Yeah, no, I, I think it, but looking at the pictures, yeah, does it not look remarkably similar to G plus? It's G plus. They've reprinted. They basically killed G plus and people must've been outraged and brought it back. I don't know. Anyway, look for currents. We might be using it. Who knows? I don't know. The other thing that I thought was pretty exciting yes. is live captions in Meet. This is very, very exciting. Very exciting. Accessibility-wise. Yeah, and, and for anyone who's watching any kind of Meet and they're, they're hearing impaired or otherwise, sometimes I, I watch Netflix with captions on all the time. Yeah. I, I do it for like if the kids are loud, or and I like it for the literacy aspect for my children, that when we're watching a show, they're being forced to read as well. Yeah. But if I'm on my treadmill, which I haven't been on in, I don't know, a year um, or something like that. I can uh, I can read as I go and I don't miss yeah. things as much. Yeah. But I find that in meetings too sometimes. I'm curious to see how accurate it is. I'm also curious to see how they're going to do it if people talk over each other because we never do that. Never. We never talk we over take each turns. other. We take turns and we we never talk we like just, this. We're just like, we're, no we're good. See, we we talk independently. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I wanted to share those two things that people may have missed: currents, live captions, and meet and uh, see how they might work in education. The live captions could definitely, for me, I thought of that as if I'm setting up a Google Meet and having a guest speaker into the classroom. Mm -hmm. Now I can really make sure that the students who are um, hearing impaired will have accessibility to it because that was something that may have been a barrier beforehand. Yeah. Okay, go, cool. what's yours? All right, I have a t an itty bitty, itty bitty, which I found today and you've known this one for a while but I thought this is one that often bugs people a lot I needed to type in the name Romeo Dallaire Dallaire, and I wanted to put the accent on the E mm. in Chrome and I didn't know how to do it so I googled it and then you actually showed me an even shorter way to do it mm. so when you are in your Chrome browser and you need to do um, let's say an E with an accent if you press option and then E and then the letter E on its own, it will turn into E accent mm -hmm. uh, to the right. Which one is that? Accent aigu? Accent aigu is accent the one that goes up to the right, and accent grave is oh, the one that goes up to the left. So this will create accent aigu. aigu. Now you told me, which is even easier than the option key, is just hold down the E and all of the options come up. You can either click on it or press the number, I'm guessing, because they all yeah. come up with a number. So if I press the number three, it will select it. Yeah. And the same thing works for the letter A. If you hold down the letter A, all of the accents come up on top of it. Mm -hmm. Super quick way for those of you doing um, French as a second language or Spanish, Spanish, German. It will help those letters come up really quickly and easily. Yep, on a Mac. Hold down. Is that just a Mac? I, I believe it's a Mac feature. What about a Chromebook? I don't have a Chromebook, but I have one nearby. Let's see. Okay, I have the Chromebook. I'm gonna press press and hold letter e. e, and it goes E. Okay, now press e. E. <laughs> Now I have 46,000 e. E's. Press maybe Control E, and then E. Nope, that gives me just a search. Nope. Alt, Alt, Alt e. e. Nope, nope. What about Shift, shift E? Oh, Shift, Shift E? Shift E. Nope, cap, that gives me a capital, shocking. No, it doesn't I'm seem to work on a Chromebook. It. 
You have to, right now it's showing international keyboards. Okay. That's so one way to do it. I know that a lot of French teachers will do that. So it looks like on the Chromebook, you can't. I know in Docs, I have an add-on called Easy Accents. And when you add the add-on and I start Easy Accents, it will open a sidebar on the right-hand side. It will ask me to select the language. So if I say French for, oh, that says German, but okay, they're German. It will actually put all of um, the letters that would, like in this case, the umlaut in German. I can then just uh, type, or sorry, click that. What it does is there's like buttons on the side. And if I wanted to type like the O with an umlaut, I would just, oh, uh, just tap the button and then it would insert that character in and then I can continue Like typing. insert symbol, but this is specifically for accent. Correct. And you choose when at the setup, you select your language That's and they easy. have tons. But it is called Easy Accents and I know it works for Spanish because I've used it for that. It's worked for um, clearly German that I just did and it works for French and those are the ones that I use it in. But I don't, that only works in docs. I'm not really sure if I was searching something in a a toolbar mm. or in the search bar for Chrome. So that was my itty bitty. I want to bring up flippity.net. I don't know that we've talked about flippity.net or we did How maybe have we season never one. talked about flippity. I'm going to check our website to see if we've ever spoken about flippity. Okay. I'm going to go to flippity and talk a little bit about it. Flippity is, um, we have never talked about flippity. Did I spell it right? Yes. How have we never talked about flippity? I don't know. Cause we use it. Flippity is a tool that turns a spreadsheet into lots of different cool stuff. So many things. Actually, and it keeps I growing. Of, yeah, it keeps growing. And that's the one I want to talk about today. So you can do things like flashcards. You can make a Jeopardy-style game show. You can play Hangman. Mad Libs. Mad Libs. Um, crossword puzzles. There's a, there's a bracket. A tournament, tournament bracket. bracket. We just finished March Madness. Yep. That could be really useful. You can do certificates. Did you talk about student groupings? Student groupings is the one that I first used it for. Yep. You can say, okay, random name picker or create groups of three or groups of, and you just put all your students into a spreadsheet and bang, go. It's, it's awesome. There's so Flippity. many different things. Net. But what I want to talk about is the Flippity scavenger hunt. Yeah, that's so, the newest one, I think. I think it is as well. So I have a resource that I share a lot. That's how to make a digital breakout. Sylvia Duckworth actually put it together. Then I added to it and sort of, she just had like, she dumped a whole bunch of information on. So I added to it and formatted it. And now I use it all the time to present. One thing I love in that one is I call it the gold mine. If you scroll down, there's like a picture of like a little like pot of gold and like all these like stacks of gold doubloons. What this does, this, I've linked it in the show notes, is it takes you to a list of resources. So if you're looking to build a breakout EDU, it has like how to create a fake a concert ticket. It's here's a puzzle. Like so, you can take a photo and turn it into a puzzle, and you have to put it together. It creates rebuses. It's an awesome thing when you want to create. Uh, is this your? A good is this yours? This, this is, is not mine. So there, is... there used to be one in a oh, dock, and yes, it disappeared. Yes. And then I panicked because I was presenting yeah. um, on it, and I thought I need to find. And so this is a. It's a community sourced document that it's just a ton of different places that you can create clues for breakout edu but that's not what i want to talk about because i was working with someone last week at one of our schools and she wanted to do a breakout edu and it was a bit robust for what she wanted she said well jen how could i do this she asked me a lot of questions and i said well you know you could always look at flippity and she asked what that was and then i showed her so what the flippity.net scavenger hunt does is you go to the landing page and there are locks they're, they look like little like key locks. Yep. And when you click on a lock, it takes you to a clue. 
So what has keys but no locks, space but no room? You can enter but you can't exit. And underneath that, there's a little light bulb. And that's if you click it, you get a hint. And underneath that, there is a, a text box that you can type in your answer. And then there's also a key where you can that you click when you want to check your answer. So I know the answer to this is keyboard. Ah. Right? Has keys but no locks, space but no room, enter, no exit. And then when I click the key, it will unlock that lock. So it goes oh, from yeah. red yep. to unlock. Or, or to, yeah, uh, when you unlock, it turns green. And then I hit the little back button. And now it shows of my eight locks, one of them has been unlocked. And this is really cool because the back end, have you ever looked at the back end of it? No, that I haven't done. Okay. So I think you're really going to like this. So if I use the template. Flippity works with Google Sheets. Correct. You have to use Google Sheets. And all it is, is a spreadsheet with three columns. The first column is clues. So oh, I thought you meant the back end, like the code. Oh, no, no, the no. Sheet the sheet end. Okay, yeah, yeah. The sheet end. No, yeah. no. I, I've never actually looked at the script behind it. That'd be kind of fun to look at. So your first column is the clue. The second column is the hint, and you can put links to an image, or you can put links to a website. And then your third column is the answer. And what I like about the answer is you can say it's a single answer, like keyboard. You can have it um, make any answer. So if you put an asterisk, it will take Except anything. any answer you write. And if you put uh, forward slashes, so this one is name one of the first three presidents. So it says Washington slash Adams slash Jefferson. If you put in any of Washington or Adams or Jefferson, it would accept it as the correct answer. Okay. So if you're looking for a really fast way to do a scavenger hunt of sorts or any kind of review, but don't want the robustness that is uh, creating a full Google uh, site and then the Google form and the data validation and everything that's explained on that first resource that I have shared in the show notes, this is a really easy entry point. And this would also work really well if you wanted students to create them Yeah. because in our district, absolutely no privacy issues because everything is housed in in your drive. Same, same with sites. But if you were looking at another site that does something similar to this, any kind of scavenger hunt, this is all in Google Sheets. So you're good to go as, as far as privacy and security. It's also a nice way to link physical breakout with digital breakout and not have to worry about Google Forms. Yeah. Where you can, you can make all your clues wherever you want and the digital component can be right on the laptop. Now, I know that Flippity is also a Google Sheets add-on. Yes. If you go via the add-on, this will still be there, yeah? Let's look. Flippity, sure. pick a template. So if you add the add-on, you go to Flippity, it says pick a template. It's just basically, yeah, it's right yeah, there. there it's it basically where you're comfortable starting with. So for your students, you could have them start right from their drive in a Google Sheet and have them use the add-on in order to get to Flippity. Yeah. Or go to flippity.net flippity and just work the other way around. Exactly. It was just, a, it wasn't the option that this teacher wanted. She did want something that was a bit, a bit bigger and had more moving parts. But for something simple, she thought that she actually even said, oh, this is something I could use in my classroom. She's, she's organizing a big science Olympics. Yeah. She said, oh, for my classroom for review, this would be really great. Yeah. Give, give Flippity a look. Maybe another episode will spotlight another one of its features. Yeah, they're so good. Go look it up. Over to you. So last weekend, nope, I'm lying, two weekends ago, I was at the Indiana Summit, and I believe Rachel Mann slammed this next extension that I'm going to share with you. Okay. This extension is an extension that we can't use in our district, because our district uh, doesn't allow Netflix. Well, none, none should, really, if we want to take a moment of pause. Yes. The user agreement is that it's for single use, and if you're showing it in a classroom, you're infringement of um, copyright laws, and they've come after it. I've, I've heard, it's maybe a bit of a urban legend, but I have heard that um, Netflix has come after school districts who they know are streaming and finding them pretty heftily. Well, the good thing is I'm talking about this in the context of the house, not necessarily as an educator. Okay. 
So if I'm opening up my Netflix account, okay. and I'm going to turn on Our Planet, because I'm going to be watching Our Planet with my child. I like Our Planet. Have you watched Our Planet? No. It's really good. I've my seen, kids are so addicted I've to seen it. Blue, Blue Planet? Is that what it is? Sure. Blue, Blue, Blue Planet. There's a couple. Trevor loves these sorts of things. So once Netflix loads, I'm going to click... NP, which is the icon for the extension for Netflix Party. That's what we're talking about. Netflix Party. Ain't no party like a Netflix party and Netflix Party, right? When I click that, I get the option, who has control over this Netflix Party? So I'm going to say only I have control. So I'm going to check that box, and then I'm going to say start the party. This is going to give me a URL. If I now send you this URL, which I'm going to message it to you right now. Okay. When you click on that URL, it will take you into your Netflix account, and you'll notice that... Hold on, I'm hold on. I just got a message from Kim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going. I'm being redirected to Netflix, to our planet on Netflix. Okay, so I need to make sure I'm logged into my Netflix, which yes. I am, and now I click the link. And when it loads, you're going to see that on the right-hand side, there is a chat window, and I can have a chat with you and it will appear on yours, just like a live chat window about whatever we're watching. So if you were watching at home and I was watching at home, yes. we could do this. Oh, neat. So all you have to do is then click Netflix Party. I didn't even think, I didn't think you have to click your extension in order to make it work. But once you do, you're in my chat, we are chatting back and forth and I can control and pause your video at my discretion. So if I want to pause it and say, let's talk about this moment in the film, I can pause it so and I can play it for you. From a school perspective, we know that we can't do Netflix and show it to a big group. That's right. But if you were working with a PLN and you all had your own Netflix yes. accounts, or if students had Netflix accounts, like yep. family accounts that they knew the password from their parents, yep. this is doable if it's not blocked. If it's not blocked and if you're not streaming to large audiences. Right. It's, an, like it's a way to interact with like Netflix that. and have dialogue about whatever you're watching and one person can control it. Cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Rachel Mann slammed that and it was my, what? That so that would be really good because cool. there's a lot of couples who say, don't watch this without oh me. Oh my so gosh, in different yes. spots, like you and Mark were doing Absolutely. Like Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, it's not on Netflix, but yeah, yeah. that would have been amazing. Right, that you could have both been in, in different spots but actually watching together and not on the phone or Which, by oh, the okay. way, he did it. He finished. I saw that. That's crazy. I was so proud of him. In, in less than a month, God knows how he did it. Maybe just over a month. He he binged all of Game of Thrones so that we could watch with the world last night. That's awesome. Good for you, Mark. Okay, I like Netflix party. So I would like to talk about making an app. When I was at the Ontario Summit, not last, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, I think I spoke about in our last episode. That you were that, going to do that it. That I was going to do a how to build an app with Google Slides. Yes. And it went so well and the whole meta look at the side and in the slide people liked it it's not a really fancy app it's not going to do a lot of things for you but it's it's pretty cool and thank you micah it's also good just for the the understanding of how cause and effect works within an app yeah for a student for a young student and i i talked about that i said this is computational thinking yeah. without needing to know script or coding for the teachers who are, realize the benefit of that but like i have no skill in that area this could work and at one point everyone was really quiet and just sort of staring at their screens. And I was like, okay, this is either that everyone's like totally disengaged pretending to work or they're into it. And another presenter was in my session and she looked at me, she goes, oh, we're into it. And two girls beside her, she's like, we are totally into this. And they were just so involved in it. So I, I thought that a classroom would probably be the same. But then I also found something this week called Glide. And Glide is sort of the same, 
but instead of building an app on slides, yeah. you build an app in a spreadsheet and it creates an app for you. Well, we love spreadsheets. Right? Out of the spreadsheet. You sign in with Google or, or you set up another way to sign in. I just always okay. sign in. So this is what it looks like. And you say, I want to create a new app on the left-hand side. So I created one for, we're doing the Regional Parent Symposium this weekend or this Wednesday. Yeah. And all I did was I used, so if I go to edit sheet, I'll show you what this sheet looks like. I created a spreadsheet that says, here's the session name, here's the room, here's the time it's at, and here's a summary of what it looks like. And then my home screen would look like, here's all the session names, nothing oh. fancy with the room. And when I click it, it will go to a sheet oh with the summary. Oh my gosh. And you send it to your phone. And just like we do with the create with app, create an app with slides, yeah. you save it to your home screen the as same a, way. To the desktop to, as an icon. Precisely. As a shortcut. And you can put a whole bunch of different information in. So the example that they actually have, I want to show you a podcast example because I thought that was pretty cool. The one that they have as their sample is Dundler, Dundler Mifflin from The Office. You know, the, the Office, the TV show? Yeah, I don't watch it, though. Oh, really? Oh, you should watch that. Is that on Netflix? You would love The Office. It's okay. hilarious. All right. Um, so in this, it would say, okay, well, here's my project. Here are the episodes that we have. When I click any of them, it would play the podcast. Wow. And if you look at the back end of this sheet, it shows, okay, the title. Here's the link. Here's the date. Here's the description. Here's a photo. And, it, and, oh, wow. and you just literally drag and drop pieces in. So if you're wanting to build an app or even an app, prototype like when we talked I think we've talked before about, about design thinking even and design thinking this is one that could sort of have that user interface again without having to go too deep into the building it's great for prototyping and it's great for a really simplistic app it could work on an iPad too it would work on an iPad so I'm going to a conference in a couple of weeks and they have an app but they you sign up for sessions but for some reason and I think I remember this from years past when I've been at this when you click into the app, it doesn't actually show me. Do you see it anywhere? Like my... Your own schedule? It doesn't show me my schedule. It just shows me the agenda. So I'm actually going to take the information from this and build my own app with Glide <gasps> so that I know... Because I don't want the whole agenda. Yeah. I just want the ones that I'm concerned about. Yeah. Like I, these are the four that I might go to in this session. So that I, I usually create my own spreadsheet and save that. Yeah. But now I'm going to actually have a cute little app. That's it's called really Glide. Good. I would highly recommend um, checking it out. Because it's just, if you can type it into a spreadsheet, be it a photo, be it information, whatnot, you can make it look. And I haven't played with it too much. I, I saw it last week. I played with it yesterday afternoon. And I thought, wow, this could really be a really cool thing to build in a classroom, like you said, in prototyping, or if you have an event. Um, in this, the other thing, sort of like the app that I'm talking about for this conference, um, I wouldn't be able to, when I think about like us doing EdTech Camp, if we were going to do a big like school event. Right they wouldn't be able to personalize their schedule. I, I haven't found yet, but maybe maybe you can. I maybe don't know. more functionality. Yeah. That's great. It's called Glide. I thought it was a really It's also, it would be a cool nice product. way to differentiate that lesson where you're having students build an app because some could use slides and some could use this. Yep. And then you're you're giving them two different experiences based on yeah. what they prefer. The, ni the nice thing with this is it actually the screen shows you what, the, what yeah. it would look like. You don't have to keep going in and like into present mode and clicking around like yeah. you do in slides. The interface is certainly nicer. All right, I'm going down the Geo Tunnel. Okay, do it. You had a whole episode with the Geo Girls, mm -hmm. Kelly and Kim. Fake Aunt. Kim. 
Yes, I call fake her. Kim and Kelly, yes. You had a whole episode with them. So I'm just going to dive a little bit into Google My Maps. Yeah. When you go into your drive and you click new and then more and then you activate My Maps, you'll get a blank map that opens up. Yes. One of the features is to draw lines. The polygon. Yes. You see the polyline, yeah. the polyline shape right at the top there with that tiny little icon menu bar. Yeah. When you click draw a line, you can then click your mouse, yep. drag, click again, drag, click again, and you can draw lines, make shapes all around locations. So you've outlined the USA. I have outlined the USA right now. And it has created a shape. Now I can I'm not gonna get into the specifics of my maps. I could I could uh, give this a uh, different color, I can shade it, I can give it more information, but I just wanted to show you the shape and what you can do with this shape. I have drawn as best as possible, which is not that good because it was really fast, a shape around the US, and if I click on the shape and I drag it over a different area of the map, what's happening to the shape? It's getting bigger when you go towards the North Pole, and it's getting smaller when you go towards the equator, and then when you cross the equator, I imagine it'll go and get bigger again. Yeah, so what this is showing is the relative size of a location on the map. It, it makes it seem as if Greenland, for example, is massive. But if I was to draw quickly a line all around Greenland and then drag Greenland over the United States or right. over Brazil, on the map, Greenland looks like it's bigger than the, in all of South America. It but does. if I drag Greenland's shape, over South America, you can see how tiny it is compared to Brazil alone, right. or compared to all of Canada. So it's yeah, a, it's about it's the a, size of Quebec. So it's just a neat trick for your students to sort of get the relative size of shapes. Yeah, because I think looking at that, you wouldn't know. Like I know Greenland isn't massive. I know that the northern, you know, islands, um, like Baffin Island and all that up in northern Canada, aren't as like bigger than the rest of our country. But at quick glance, mm -hmm. I would argue that there's adults who don't even realize that. Oh, absolutely. Case. And I really like that tool because it, it gives that sense of reality of what things are like in real yeah. life. Now, if you don't have the dexterity yet to draw those lines using my maps and that polyline tool, there is another website called the True Size Of that does the exact same thing. If I type in Greenland here, it's going to draw the line for me right around oh. it. And now if I zoom out a little bit, it takes that for me. It's just drew the line and I can drag it all over the world to see how it actually fits. So if you type in any country like awesome. um, China. This is a good uh, geography meets math lesson. Yeah. So here I have China and I'm going to like, look how big China is compared to. Wow. <laughs> like she's, Kim's just dragged it over Russia. And it's, wow, it's really big. I wouldn't have guessed it was that big. I would never This have, is cool. I would never have guessed it. So, you you know, I, I'm a little fan of this show called West Wing. I've heard of the West Wing before. And They walk in halls a lot and talk quickly. <laughs> I would fit right in. You would fit right in. I can, in I the can West talk Wing. quickly. I can walk quickly. I, you I, should be cast in the new West Wing. I should be. The reason I meant bringing West Wing up is because any true geo-educator is a fan of one particular scene in the West Wing where this man comes on and he talks about what the map of the world should really look like if it was actually accurate based on relative size. Do you have a picture of that? I'll find the clip and I'll put it in the show notes. It's hysterical to watch this clip because I want to the, see that the White House staff are looking at him like he's absolutely insane, but it's, it's, it's geo true. teachers love this scene from West Wing. So that was my little geo dive with the true size of 
type in locations and it will allow you to move them around and see their relative size or you can then create it yourself using my maps very cool i'm really my brain's going to the math of it mm -hmm. and and doing ratios and proportions yeah and then looking at like population density and, and that sort of comparisons that we often make very cool thanks very cool thanks for that okay i have my last one this was something that I think I found on Twitter, honestly. And so I signed up for it. It's called the 49th Teacher, and it is a nonprofit for a publicly, it's a publicly funded initiative with the goal to help Canadian educators bring, or any educator for that matter, bring more Canadian books into their classrooms and into their libraries. Wow. Classroom teachers, teacher librarians who are out there. When you go to the site, and it's, it's kids.49thshelf.com, and if you don't have kids in front, it actually just takes you to Canadian literature in general, not um, young adult fiction. You can search by the age of children you're reading with. You can select a category that you are doing, so whether it be children's fiction, nonfiction, or adult, young adult fiction or nonfiction. It creates book lists. So uh, math books for primary grades is one of the lists in here. You can create your own lists as well. It has award winners oh. and there's a little um, exploration of how to use the site. There's a part that's all about character education. So if you're looking to, you want books that are going to help build empathy, you can click that and it gives you a whole list of books all about building empathy by Canadian authors. This is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're not always on the up and up, you know, our teacher librarians can be the best partners that we have because, you know, sort of like we are with the digital tools. Yes. We're like, Tell me, I, this is this is what I want to accomplish. Is there something that's going to help me? Because we live in it on the daily, we can do that. But for someone who's not necessarily entrenched in looking at literature and books constantly, they may not have something that's up to date. And this does it for you. And I love that it's all Canadian authors. It's all Canadian authors. That's it. That's my share. 49th Kids, it's called. Good can lit for you. And for non-Canadian educators who are out there listening, if you wanted sort of a glimpse in, if you're bringing the world into your classroom, this is a, a really good place and, to start. And even if it's not about bringing the world in, the fact that it's curated and organized cross-reference like that, if you need books on particular topics, that's a great way to just find those books on any of those character yeah, traits. Totally. All right, I have one more, back to the geo world. Josh Williams, he is my geo hero. Okay. I have Donnie and Josh, and I put them both up on a pedestal when it comes to geo. So Josh has this website called geteach.com. Okay. Let's go to geteach.com. Have I shown you this before? I don't think you have. Okay, so geteach.com is all about comparisons of thematic maps in geography. So it, on the left, if I type in a location, it will pull up, so I typed in Canada. So it'll pull up Canada on the left and the right. It's a split screen with two maps. Okay. On the bottom right-hand corner of each map, you see it says select map. Yes. Click on that. So outside the map, there's like a, outside a border. Outside the map, there's a black border. And on the yeah. bottom right, Ooh. it's a select map. Let's take oh, a look. Okay, yeah. I talked to the Geo girls about these different, the layers. Yes. Yes, yes the layers. Can we do climate? Sure. Go ahead. and You pick whatever one you want. I'm going to do precipitation on the left. Okay. And then... At the top of this little window that it gives us, you see it says map one, I'm going to drop down to switch to map two, and on the right, I'm going to do, let's say, I don't know, land temperature. Then I'm going to close this window, and now I can just compare two thematic maps side by side, and as I drag the maps around, I can see the characteristics of different places. Now, if you go ahead and click on the bottom left-hand corner in that black border, you're going to see an option for layers. Yes. 
you can dive a little bit more deeply oh. into the data from that map. So in my precipitation map, I can now change it to different months of the year. Go back into selecting maps. This is very interesting because I, I just did land temperature versus sea temperature in the same month. So you can definitely see that there's when the water is cold, obviously the land is cold. Yeah, and, oh, that's very and you cool. can look for patterns. Now, if yeah. you go back into selecting maps. On which side? Does it matter? Either side. Your default opens to physical geography, but you can click on human geography. And now this is where my heart is when I do like grade eight geography. If on the left on map canvas one, I'm going to do the HDI, the human development index. And on the right, I'm going to change it to population density on the right. So now I can go ahead and compare. Oh, this is interesting. There's really high population density. It's like super, super high population density in places where the HDI index is pretty low. I wonder how that correlates. So you can really start to examine the data, not in its number form, but I in a visual sense. I love when you drag one side, the other side yeah. drags at the same time. Oh, and I can see here. So if I look at Canada, Canada has a super high, so does the States, HDI. And if I'm looking at their population density, it's very, very low. Mm -hmm. So you can start to compare those features. You can also, in the layers, change the years. And it goes back um, 2015, 2013. This is, I'm talking the HDI index, all the way back to 1980. And you can see how so, and I can HDIs have, have changed. So I could have on the left 1980 and on the right 2015. Yes, you could, that so you, could have, you could have HDI on both sides. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, space for inquiry. So we actually worked with Josh a little bit last year. We worked with a whole bunch of grade seven teachers and Josh was incredible. He added in some extra data for us so that we could compare. What does, more. Is he a teacher? Is, yeah, he's a teacher. He's oh. in the classroom and he's a teacher. And he created this tool for his geography classes, his high school geography classes. He built it from scratch for them. Josh was really helpful to us. If you go into the society map on the left, yep. he added in some stats for us, like literacy rates for males oh. and females, Where does he... school life expectancy. He finds all the data from uh, certain reliable sources like the CIA fact book and Wikipedia. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, but he added all of these in like daily caloric supply. He added this in for us. And on the economy side, he added in um, poverty statistics. Oh, for very us. cool. So uh, he's, he's sometimes will add more stats to the map, but I think it's really helpful for Comparing statistics, not numerically, but visually using yeah. these comparative, uh, using these thematic maps. I love that. So that's geteach.com. Really powerful tool. I love it's it. It's so good for inquiry. Yeah. And that's all I got. Those are good shares. Thanks. We did lots of, lots of geo and lots of like cheater coding, <laughs> <laughs> cheater scripts and geo. I'm just impressed that I showed you some new things. That was, they, they were, they were great. Thanks. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F dot com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid, or by tweeting at us, sending us an email, or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go.
Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. One thing I love in that one is I call it the gold mine. If you scroll down, there's like a picture of like a little like pot of gold and like all these like stacks of gold doubloons. Because um, apparently I'm a pirate. And it shows you a uh, theme reason. song for Jake and the Neverland Pirates oh, is going in my head. 100%. Right oh my gosh, it's been so Jake long since I watched it. Neverland Pirates. Pirates.